Good morning. How's everybody doing today? What y'all think of this weather? I know. I, I actually had planned to wear a, a spring shirt this morning and, and, and some skinny jeans and all that. Stacey said, no, no. She said, you, you cannot wear a spring shirt because tomorrow it's going to be cold. I'm like, you're crazy. It's been beautiful all week. And guess what? As normal, my wife was right, okay? She said, you need to wear your boots and that dark colored shirt that I love because you it's probably the last time you're going to get to wear it because winter said, you know what? Let me just show you all what I can do, okay? You think spring is here? Let me show you, okay? Louisiana weather. Got to love it. All right, here's what we're doing today. We're going to wrap up our series called About the Heart. Before we do that, I just want to take a moment to welcome anybody here who, who's here for the first time. My name is Jay. My wife, Stacy, and I are the lead pastors here. Man, what a blessing to have you with us this morning. And also, I want to welcome those who are joining us online right now. It's great to have you tune in this morning. Church, I mean, let's go ahead and give all of our first-time guests and those joining us online, let's welcome them this morning. Give them a great big Journey Church welcome. I love it. You heard Jeremy talk about Easter is coming up rather quickly. We have our Easter services this year. We're offering five. Uh, Saturday, we're offering a five o'clock and a seven o'clock, and then Sunday morning, 8.45, And let me say this to y'all. Uh, you know that this is going to be the service that is going to be absolutely packed out. And so this typically is the service that a lot of our guests will come to if they're coming to check out Journey Church. This is the service that they would come to. So I would, uh, you know, want to ask you if you would consider shifting to Saturday or one of the other services to make room for some of our guests. That would be so awesome, and we'd appreciate it so much. But make sure that you come and you bring a guest with you that weekend. It's going to be awesome as we prepare not only for that Easter services. It's going to be amazing, but we prepare for the outreach that weekend as well. Uh, come that Wednesday night. You are going to be so blessed, but come Saturday morning for that outreach. Meet us here at 9 o'clock. It is going to be amazing as we go pass out those home kits to all the families throughout here, some of the neighborhoods here in Central, but over in Watson as well. And I look forward to it. So here, here's what we're doing. We're in this series. Uh, we've been in it for the last several weeks called About the Heart, because what we've discovered, Proverbs 4.23 it talks to us about everything in life stems from our heart. It tells us to guard our heart. And so throughout this series, we've been learning to, to search our heart, to deal with some of the things that want to take root within there, whether it's sin or dealing with temptation that the enemy would bring, want to bring against us, or bitterness or anger or all these different types of things, maybe some unforgiveness. Then we, we dove off into talking about some of the other things that want to grab a hold of our heart, whether it's possessions or money or all those types of things. And we just had a great time dealing with those things in our heart and learning to overcome some of the things as we guard our heart. Well, today, what I want to do is I want to take a little bit of time to talk with you uh, regarding something that is a, a mission that God has for us as the church. In fact, Jesus uh, commissioned us in this. And this is one of the things that, that I want to ask you as we talk about the things that God has for us and growing in our relationship with him uh, how many of you in here like candy? Anybody? Okay. Uh, now, I'm a candy person. This is kind of one of the things maybe you did not know about me, but I'm not, I'll eat chocolate if it's there. If you got like a Reese's peanut butter cup, something like that, I'll eat that. But I'm a candy, candy kind of person. Like, I love gummy bears. Gummy bears are off the chart, y'all, okay? I, I love Sour Patch Kids. In fact, last year when we were stuffing eggs in the office, I ate so many Sour Patch Kids the skin came off my tongue, and I'm like, it's just nasty. Everybody in the office is like, that's gross. But I just love candy. 
And one of the things that I love, that, that I, I like kind of keeping around, I, I love Skittles. And Skittles are just the, one of the greatest all-around candies. And I found this whenever I was in Sam's the other day. Y'all remember the old bags of Skittles? You open it up, you can't close that thing, and it's like a billion Skittles. And you, you can't close it. But I found this the other day whenever I was in Sam's. Got this top on it, y'all. And, like, I opened this yesterday, and you can already see how many of these I've eaten, Okay. They're just that good. And i got to be careful because some of my CrossFit family's in here this morning. And they're, this week at the gym, they're going to be like, uh-huh, you better do some extra work. But I just love candy. And uh, do, when you think of candy, how many of y'all in here are chocolate people? But how many of y'all in here are my, my candy people, like my Skittles people, you know? That's what I'm talking about. And here's one of the things, because what I like about Skittles and, and, and different kinds of candies, when you get this... You've got a choice to make, okay? Because when you get something like this, you can say, you know what, this, this is mine. And ain't nobody else getting my Skittles, okay? These are my Skittles. Look at your neighbor and say, my Skittles. <laughs> or you can be the type of person who says, hey, you want some Skittles? And you can share Skittles. You're okay. Are you not? You're a chocolate person? Oh, I'm going to back away, okay? <laughs> I'm, my wife is a chocolate person, okay? dark chocolate even better okay any other skittles people over here okay we got some people over here that they're all about the skittles and and you can share skittles with people you got a choice you can either share them or you can hold on to do we have any candy hoarders in here like you're like no it's mine you ain't getting none okay i i you ain't getting none of my candy all right but you know what you got a choice to make you can share or you can hold on to it. And you know what? I would always rather share than hold on to something. Because sharing is something that is a wonderful thing. Look at your neighbor and say, sharing is caring. You want, you want some Skittles? Come on, bring it. Y'all want some? Okay, y'all chocolate people, okay. Are y'all chocolate people? Reese's peanut butter cups? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's Stacy's stuff right there. Stacy, if we go get a pack of Reese's peanut butter cups, she's going to eat a couple of them, and then the others mysteriously disappear. We don't know how. But are y'all Skittles people over here? We got any Skittles people? Because I, oh. <laughs> you, you, you asked for it. No? You gave it up for Lent. Okay, I like it. Skittles, looky here. Hold them up. There you go. You, you have not because you ask not. It's scripture, okay? What? You got a choice to make. You can either share the Skittles or you can hold on to the Skittles and be like, mm-mm, ain't nobody getting my Skittles. And I like candy, and there are some candies that I will share, and there's some candies I hold back on, depending on a lot of times how much of the candy there is available. But it's amazing how when you get something like this and it's like, it's a huge thing of Skittles, you're like, I'm going to share the wealth, you know. I'm going to share it with everybody. Then you get down to the bottom and there's a few left and you're like, uh-oh, no, no, it's for me, okay. But you got a choice to make. And I started thinking about that whenever I got this thing of Skittles. I started thinking about this. Uh, what is the greatest treasure that you have in your life? Think of that. And I started thinking about the greatest treasure I have in my life. Because when you have something great in your life, you've got a choice. You can either share it 
Or you can say, you know what, ain't nobody getting this. This is all mine. And I started thinking about the greatest treasure that I have in my life. And you might say, well, well, that's your wife, right? No. That's your grandbaby, right? No, no. The greatest treasure that I have in my life is my relationship with Jesus Christ. That is the greatest treasure that you could ever have in your life. And just like Skittles, you have a choice to make whenever it comes to Jesus, the greatest treasure that you will ever experience in your life. You have a choice. Either you're going to say, you know what, I want to share Jesus with other people that God has placed within my life. Or, no, no, I'm going to hold on to this and ain't nobody getting Jesus but me. You might say, Pastor, where did you even come up with this? Skittles and Jesus, okay? Taste the rainbow, you know? (laughs) Well, I came across a statistic because we're talking about the heart. And I came across a statistic that really bothered me. And it was in 1993, they did a poll amongst believers, church people. And in 1993, 89% of the average church in America, me, you, other people in different denominations, 89% of those polled said that it was their personal responsibility as Christians, as Christ followers, to share Jesus, the greatest treasure of all, with other people around them. That's great. Look at your neighbor and say, that's awesome. But they recently did that poll again in 2018. And it dropped by 25% to, I believe it was 63% of those within the American church say that it's their personal responsibility to share Christ. And it troubled my heart because, remember, we're talking about the heart. And quite honestly, if that statistic, would, now this is not asking people outside the church. It's asking people in the church. And if 25% less said it's my personal responsibility to share Jesus, what are we going to look like in 10, 15, 20 years from now? And so quite honestly, as a church, we need to search our heart about not just sharing Skittles, but about sharing the greatest treasure of all, Jesus Christ. Because Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. He gave us a commission. He told his disciples before he left this earth, he walked off this earth. And somebody might say, well, that's just for the disciples. No, 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 no. It's for the whole church. He said, therefore, go. Everybody say, go. You got to go. You can't stay. You got to get out of here and go be the church. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He's giving us a commission, a mission, a mandate. Hey, you are called to build my kingdom. As the body of Christ, as as my, my kids, you are called to go and share the greatest treasure of all. Go share with them what I did on the cross for them to pay the price for all of their sins. Now, within the church world, we actually, there's a word for this. The word is evangelism. Everybody say evangelism. Now, if you've never heard that word, you might say evangel what? Well, it's actually just simply sharing the good news of the gospel, sharing the treasure of Jesus Christ. And we got a a choice. Are we going to say, nope, not going to do it? Or... Are we freely and willingly going to share the greatest treasure of all? And I get it that when you talk about evangelism, it stirs up a lot of emotions. Remember, we're dealing with the heart because everything's about the heart. Everything stems from the heart. And so we got to deal with the emotions within our heart. And if you, a lot of times those who are non-believers, they think of that evangelism. They think uh, maybe of a negative concept. And maybe they have the mindset of, you know what, no, it can cause some emotions and negativity. Like, no, you just keep that Jesus stuff to yourself. I want nothing to do with that. 
And I know how that feels because before I came to Christ, that's exactly how I was. I was raised in church. And I remember whenever I was 18 years old, I was at my high school graduation. One of the little girls that I had gone to school with, she walks up to me and she says, Hey, I want to let you know that I've been praying for you. And my response to her, people all around, you know, was, you know, families there. We had cake, we had punch, uh, which, which isn't as good as Skittles, by the way. Uh, people all around. And I, and I looked at her and said, you know what? You just keep your prayers to yourself. That, now, and I know people are like, man, I just can't pa- picture Pastor Jay acting like that. But that was BC. That was before Christ, okay? <laughs> and Jesus makes all the difference in the world. I told her, you just keep your prayers to yourself. I don't want to do that Jesus stuff. And and here's the the truth. Two weeks later, I surrendered my heart to Christ. So here's what I'm going to tell you. You might think, well, it's not making a difference, you know, if I share Jesus. Or it's not, you know, if I tell this person Jesus loves them or I'm praying for them or I invite them to church. It's not making a difference. Trust me, it's making a difference somehow, some way. You're planting seeds, and Paul talked about that, and, and, and we see that in the New Testament. He talked about Paul, uh, planting seeds, and another one coming behind him and watering that seed, and it beginning to grow in that individual's life. And here's the thing. You might think that you're not making a difference, but you are. Now, here's the thing. On the believer side, a lot of times there's emotions that get stirred up even within us. And you must say, well, what kind of emotions? A lot of people are fearful to share their faith. Well, what are people going to think? What are people going to say? You know, what if I get a negative response, like some, some jerk like you, Pastor Jay, you know, comes along and says, keep your prayers to yourself, you know. Uh, you, you, you think of, of all these things, and a lot of times people get fearful, or they get guilty. They hear a message like this, like, well, I know I should be sharing Jesus, and I haven't, and you begin to feel guilty. The enemy comes, and he loves to, to kind of make that even worse. So here's the thing. We've got to be able to overcome all that, and so what we're going to do today is I want to take you in description. I want to show you some average, ordinary people, just like me, just like you, and how God used their life in some very practical ways of being able to evangelize, sharing the gospel. Because we need to take that statistic. If it, in, in fact, within the church is 63%, we need to do something about that. Because we've got a decision. Either we're going to hold on to greatest treasure of all. Jesus, you like these Skittles, ain't nobody getting you. Or, Jesus, I want to freely and willingly share you with people wherever I am. And I want people to experience in their life exactly what you've done in my life. You brought hope and freedom and life to me, the relationship with you. And so, here's the thing. Today, I'm just going to talk with you and share with you just some average, ordinary people. And the first person that, we, that we're going to talk about today, and this, this individual is really cool, we see this, we know, a lot of people know this story in scripture, but the first one that they did, it, it's very simple and something that we honestly and actually can do, and it's simply this, to invite someone to come and see. In other words, a lot of times all you have to do is just go and invite, hey, come to Bible study with me, come to life group with me, come to church with me, and a lot of times all you have to do is put the invite out there and back off and just let the Holy Spirit do what they do, what, what he does. And let him minister to that person's heart and love on that person. And the next thing you know, you begin to see them open up to the gospel and possibly eventually surrender their life to Jesus. Within this room, there are tons of you that your life, the transformation of your life began with somebody simply inviting you to come and see. And here's what it looks like in scripture. You find 
In the book of John, one day Jesus, he was hanging out at, at a well, and a lady comes and he asks this woman, we know this woman is the Samaritan woman. She comes and he asks her, hey, can I get a drink of water from you? Just simply a drink of water. And he used that as a, a, a way to be able to begin to speak to her. And, and in the conversation, he tells her that the water that he gives, it, it's living water. She makes this comment. It's kind of funny. She's like, well, you don't even have anything to draw water with. You don't even have a bucket. And, and he begins to talk to her <coughs> about the things that are going on within her life. Because he's Jesus. He, he's God. And, and she is absolutely amazed and what we see in scripture here, you go to John chapter 4, I'm going to read you this verse because I, I don't want to mess it up because I love what she says. There's, there's a couple words here that really just kind of pop out at me in scripture. John 4, 28, it says this as you get along in the story, then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, in other words, she left her water jug there and she ran back to her village and this is what she said, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? And they came out of the town and made their way towards him. I love this because all she did was simply this. She ran back to her village. She said, y'all come and see. You got to come check this out. This guy is talking to me and telling me the things that are going on in my life. This could be the Messiah. And as a result of this woman inviting people to come and see lives were changed how could we simply make a difference in somebody's life how can we evangelize how can we get that statistic to go up a lot of times it's as simple it's easy as inviting somebody to come and see come check it out come to life group with me let their heart be open to as we interact with one another and answer questions and talk together fellowship together on a Sunday morning come and see you, you got to come you're going to like the music the past he's all right but you know the the coffee shop all that kind of stuff it's amazing and begin to see what God will do within a person's life and within a person's heart the Holy Spirit loves to do what he does so well and that is changing lives and drawing people to know Jesus as the Lord and Savior of their life and here's one of the things that I love this statistic studies show that four out of five people look at your neighbor and say that's a lot that's a lot of people four out of five people will accept an invite to church typically if it's somebody that they love, somebody they know, somebody that they trust. Because they know that you're not going to call them up in here and all kinds of craziness going on. You're going to invite them to, to something that has made a difference in your life and you want them to experience that as well. So here's my thought. Who do you know? And you don't have to raise your hand on this or, or shout it out or anything. Who do you know that needs Jesus? And who do you know that you could invite to come and see? Who do you know that you can invite to come out to the Easter? I, man, I'm, I'm fired up about these Easter services, y'all. Because we've been preparing and planning and praying. We're 20 days from Easter. I asked Siri all the time, hey, Siri. Uh, yes, hello. I'm like, how many days till Easter? And she'll tell me, you know, you have 20 days until Easter, you know. I, I love that because she can keep me on track. And we've been planning, preparing, praying for the Easter outreach that Saturday morning. Y'all come be a part of it. It's going to be awesome. We've been planning, preparing, praying for that Easter rally that week as we get all those egg packs together to go out. We pray over them. We take communion together. It's going to be awesome. But who do you know that you can invite to simply come and see? 
You have no idea how God may want to use you to make all the difference in the world in somebody's life. And it's a lot easier than you think. And the enemy loves to come along and stir up these emotions. He's feeling, oh, you, they, they're going to make fun of you. They're going to mock you. They're going to turn you away. They're going to reject you. They're going to curse you. They're going to whatever. And so we get fearful. We get anxious. We, we, we get all worked up. And we, no, I'm not going to do that. And we hold on to the Skittles, okay? Where it's a lot easier than you think. And the first thing you can do is simply invite someone, as the Samaritan woman did, to come and see. This woman because of her heart for Christ, because of the interaction with Jesus, it made a tremendous difference within her village. So uh, that's what I would tell you. Come and see. And guys, uh, here's something else cool for you as well. All types of opportunities through Life Group, through, uh, through Sunday morning services, through special things that we do. Guys, we have Journey Men this coming Thursday, 7 o'clock. Bring a guy with you. Tell, hey, come eat a great meal and hang out with us. And just different ways that you can in, interact with people and invite them to come and see and then let the Holy Spirit do what he does so well. Now, the next one is actually, it, it, it's, it's one that I love to do. And we see this in, in a guy's story. And it's kind of funny whenever you get into the story and begin to read it. But it's this, it's that maybe it's as easy and simple as sharing your story, okay? And what that looks like is what is your story with Christ? What has he done in your life? And here's the story in scripture there's this blind guy who actually is, he's going through life, he can't see, and one day he has this interaction with Jesus where Jesus comes along and, and, and to heal him, he spits in, on the ground, you know, spits on the ground, and he takes the spit and he make, makes some mud. And Now, I'm a germaphobe, y'all know this. And then he, he, he like takes the blind guy and he puts that spit mud on his eyes. Now, I'd be like, uh, Jesus, you wash your hands, you know? Uh, probably not because it's Jesus you know and he puts his mud on his eyes and uh, then he tells him to go wash in the pool of Siloam and whenever he does the guy is instantaneously healed his eyes are opened up and this is where it gets funny because the religious leaders of the day the Pharisees they start debating and they start like well it's just you know Jesus they didn't like Jesus and they're looking for a way to take him down to kill him and they're like, well, we don't even know, you know, if this is of God, you know, this guy, you know, Jesus, well, you know, he did this, he's a sinner and all this kind of stuff. And they begin in their conversation, to, they debate this and they ask this blind guy, they, you know, they, well, the former blind guy, they say, well, what do you think? And this is his response. And I'm going to read it to you because it is so simple, but he tells them this story. John 9, 25, he replied, this, this guy who was formerly blind Hey guys, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. But one thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. My, you guys can debate. You guys can talk about this. You guys can argue. You guys can badmouth him. All I know is a couple minutes ago, I was blind. And Jesus comes along. He spits on the ground. He takes spit dirt, puts it in my eyes. I go wash my eyes, and I'm healed. It is absolutely amazing. What is he doing? He is telling them his story of what has happened within his life. You say, okay, well, what does that mean for me? Well, sometimes the big word that we use and we get kind of nervous about evangelize or sharing the gospel, sharing the, the good news, the treasure of Jesus is as simple as telling somebody your story, telling them what Jesus did within your life. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, here's what it might look like. Maybe your marriage was in trouble 
And one Sunday, you just say, you know what, we need to get, we need to get back in church and, and all this kind of stuff. So you come to church, Jesus gets a hold of your heart through the Holy Spirit. You open up your life to him and make the decision, I need to surrender my life to Jesus. And you make that decision and you are transformed within your marriage. It doesn't mean your marriage is perfect, but it means from that point forward, you begin to interact and treat one another as Christ would. And you serve each other and you love each other with the love of Jesus and you're growing. And maybe just share that with them, how Jesus made a difference. Maybe there's an addiction that he helped you overcome. He gave you freedom and you share that part of your story. Maybe uh, you were a workaholic and you were pouring yourself into success. We kind of talked about that uh, week before last and, and uh, how the, the world comes along and says the, the greatest way to security and happiness is through success and money and possessions and all that. And we saw that that was, that was a myth. That's not true. But maybe that's what you poured your life into. And one Sunday morning, the Holy Spirit got a hold of your heart or somebody, you know, just prayed with you or encouraged you at work or wherever you were. And the Holy Spirit got a hold of your heart. And the next thing you know, as you surrendered your life to Christ, you begin to realize that he's the only one who can bring you security and happiness in life. And you surrendered your life to him and began to follow him. And you just share that with him. Share your story. You might say, well, my story is not going to make a difference. Trust me, your story will make a difference to somebody. Okay, there is somebody who needs to hear what Jesus has done in your life and their heart will be open to it. And so here's the thing, just like the little girl who told me, I'll be praying for you. She had no idea. She was just showing me the love of Jesus. And even though I was, I was a jerk to her, uh, it, it, it was a seed that was sowed in my heart. Sow those seeds and you watch what God does. Amen. So share your story. Here's the next one that we see an individual in scripture. And, and I've got to imagine that this woman is just a precious woman. But how this relates to our life, four simple words, give your life away. Okay. Now you say, okay, well, well show me something in scripture. Acts 9, 39. It says this, in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. Now I like what it says in the principle. In Greek, her name is Dorcas. I like Tabitha better. Okay. Just saying. <laughs> I, I, and it says this, look at the next part. She was always, everybody say always. always. She was always doing good and helping the poor. Now, I like this about this woman because she's incredible. She was blessed and she had a heart uh, for the widows within her community. Now, here's what I'm telling you. You may not realize this, but in ancient times, if a woman's husband passed away, a lot of times she was left with nothing. A lot of times the family wound up with the property, the possessions, whatever. And a lot of times the wife was left without much anything. And here's this woman, Tabitha, uh, Dorcas, whatever you want to call her. I don't think I want to be known as, hey, Dorcas, you know. Uh, so anyway, she had a heart to serve these widows. She would come alongside of them and just, just love on them, help them, minister to them, pray for them, encourage them, whatever it might be. And here's what the cool part is. By serving them, she earned the right to tell them about Jesus. And that's why we say around here all the time about being the hands and the feet of Jesus. A lot of times we want people to know all about Jesus. But a lot of times, and this is an old saying, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Okay? In other words, they don't care about what you know about Jesus until they see that you really have a heart to show them his love. Okay? And we got to be people who care and show people the love of Jesus. And that's exactly what this woman, Tabitha, she is doing. And here's what's cool in her story. Her ministry was so valuable that she died. Okay? Now you're like, well, that's terrible. Okay? But God raised her from the dead. Okay? So that she could continue on with this ministry. And here, here's the thing. You, you hear all that and you're like, that's amazing. We can do the same thing. 
I actually, this was kind of a really a neat thing. Yesterday morning, Stacy and I had the opportunity, our, our, our coffee shop out here, the ones who work in that, uh, Miss Sean Wisher heads that up and does an amazing job. Man, don't y'all love the coffee shop? Let's give all of them a good hand clap. They work hard. Let me tell you some things that maybe you did not know about the coffee shop, okay? First of all, the ones who work in that coffee shop, even though you pay for coffee, they're volunteers. They give, they're part of the surf team. They give their time every Sunday morning. So what that means is be nice to the coffee shop people, okay? Uh, the next thing is in that coffee shop, the reason why we use it as a way to, uh, we charge for that is because any profits from that go to feeding children in Belize, okay? So you are giving to missions every time you buy a cup of coffee or one of those butter rum muffins. Those things are amazing. Uh, after church, I'm eating one. I put Skittles all over it. Okay. So <laughs> anyway, I got a little, little sidetracked there. But anyway, here's what I'm going to tell you. So we sat yesterday. They had one of their training meetings, and we had a couple of the, the ones from CC's come over uh, to be a part of that. And they had a brunch in the foyer. It was absolutely amazing. Miss Sean did an awesome job of setting that thing up. There was china and, 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 and silverware and all, big old flower arrangements on the table. I, I drank some coffee. When I did, I had to hold up my pinky, you know, because <laughs> it was so fancy. And I'm watching all these workers, these ones who are there, part of the serve team, they're interacting with each other. And man, you can just see them love each other so much. And Miss Sean, the way that she's encouraging them and loving, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, she has earned the right to speak into their lives and show them the love of Jesus. And so here's what I'm going to tell you. Uh, yesterday in that meeting, it came up in the meeting that, that they need some help in the coffee shop. And so if you would like to participate, be a part of that amazing team, take a connect card, sign up to be a part of that and make some coffee, make people happy around here on Sunday morning. So I, I love that because I'm seeing them serving and giving their lives away. And you say, well, okay, well, what does that look like in my life? How can I give my life away? How can I be like, like Tabitha? How can I earn the right to, 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 to tell people about Jesus? Here's some, here's some ways. Maybe there's somebody in your neighborhood, you could cut their grass. Okay. Well, they need to cut my grass. Well, no, you need to get your heart right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Because we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Maybe we could cut somebody's grass. Maybe the Lord put somebody on our heart. Maybe that has a need in their life and we could buy them a bag of groceries. Maybe we, we could wash somebody's car. Maybe we could just look for simple ways to serve people and to show them the love of Jesus. Not with the, the ultimatum or the string attached like, all right, whenever I get off my mower and they come over and say thank you, I'm going to jump on for Jesus, you know. No. <laughs> Earn that right, okay? Continue to sow into their life and let them see Jesus in you, okay? And eventually, you watch, eventually they're going to be get curious and they're going to begin to ask questions and you can tell them how Jesus transformed and changed your life. And, and so you do that by, by giving your life away. Here's this woman that God used her in a tremendous way. And then the last one, because the first three, you're like, man, those are cool. But the last one, I'm going to say this, you're going to be like, What? Okay, and here it is. Sometimes if, if you want to share Jesus, if you want the greatest treasure of all, sometimes you got to get in someone's face, okay? And I got real quiet in here, okay? Because everybody's like, well, that's what I was afraid of right there, okay? <laughs> well, he, here's what I'm going to say to you. Sometimes you have to lovingly confront someone. What's the key word in that statement? <laughs> lovingly. It's not confront, okay? Man, I can't wait. I'm going to get in their face. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's going down, you know? 
no, no. I'm going to, you better turn or you're going to burn. You know, I can't wait to tell him. You know, you know, hell's hot, hot, you know, just. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to tell you. When it comes to, sh- if you have a, a tremendous treasure, I, when I was going around sharing Skittles, it was awesome because I'm happy about it. You know, I'm just, just happy about it. I, I, I didn't do this in the last service. I, no, I'm not going to do it. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan's over waving. I'm putting somebody's eye out. First time I went to Journey Church, I lost my eye with a Skittle. Yeah, you know, told me about Jesus. God healed me afterwards, you know. Okay. Uh, here's what I'm going to tell you. See, I, I'm, this is awesome, so I'm happy to give it away. What I'm trying to tell you is this. We have the greatest treasure of all. Be happy and loving to share Christ. Don't be an arrogant jerk to people, okay? Well, let me tell you all the things wrong in your life. Don't, don't be like that. Be one who is, if you lovingly confront someone and you walk in truth, do it with the grace and the love of Christ, okay? And here's a place in Scripture, uh, the one who is the most unlikely candidate of all was Peter. Because here's Peter, he's this, he's this radical, he's an unlikely disciple. In fact, when they came to get Jesus, he's like, Jesus, I'll defend you. And he cuts a dude's ear off, okay? Talk about, I mean, that's pretty wild. But yet, this is the one that Jesus put in charge of on the day that the church, the early church was launched and the Holy Spirit showed up and people received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and it was amazing. Peter steps up to speak on that day that we know as Pentecost. And he speaks this message that is very direct and he boldly confronted people. He, he didn't stammer and stumble. And blah, 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 you know, he boldly proclaimed this message. And here's what he said. Acts chapter 2, it says in verse 38, Peter replied, repent and be baptized. And that does not simply mean apologize to God. That means that your life is turned around, okay? You turn away from sin and you turn to Christ. Repent, be baptized, so get water baptized. In fact, we have water baptism the Sunday after Easter uh, here in in our last service. He says, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. In other words, quit justifying sin, quit pretending like sin's okay. You need to turn your life around because God loves you and he will forgive you. And he's got a plan for your life. You go down to verse 40 and it says, with many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them. Now that word there, pleaded with them. What that shows me is he has a concern in his heart for them that they might be changed. And it says, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. You might say, well, what difference did it make that day? 3,000 people gave their lives to Christ. That day, 3,000 people said, I need Jesus in my life. They surrendered their life to Christ. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. It was amazing. You say, well, what does that look? Here's Peter, this average, ordinary guy, just like me, just like you, and God used him in an amazing way. What does that look like in my life? How can I relate that to today? Maybe God puts a burden in your heart for somebody. Might be a coworker, might be a neighbor, might be a family member, might be a friend. God puts a burden on your heart for that person and you cannot get away from it and so here's what that looks like in a loving way you can confront them and you can say something to this effect hey listen you're my friend or we've been working together for 10 years and I want to tell you I've been praying for you and I just had this concern in my heart for you what would happen in your life if you if you died today what does eternity look like for you 
And we make this out like it's really hard. It's really not hard to talk with somebody about the things of Christ, to share with them the greatest treasure of all, to begin to talk with them. And, and you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to you know, ha- have everything worked out, but let the Holy Spirit lead you in that. And you never know that God might be able to use you to lead that person to Christ. Sometimes you got to get in somebody's face because you love them so much. Not be an arrogant jerk, but be somebody who just shows them the love of Jesus. And ask them the questions that the Holy Spirit leads you in. Here's where I would ask you today, what about you? Because I'm going to tell you something, just because just you come to church doesn't mean you're a Christian. Just like I heard a pastor say one time, just walking to McDonald's don't make you a Big Mac. You know, I thought that was funny. All right. Just because you go to church doesn't make you a Christian. Christianity is found in surrendering your life to Jesus. Understanding I'm a sinner. I was born with a sin nature. I'm a sinner. I am guilty. And Jesus, there has to be a price paid for my guilt. You went to the cross and you paid the price for my guilt. And I have to choose to receive what you did for me at the cross. I open my life to you. Ask for your forgiveness. Come and live inside of me and be Lord, Master, Savior of my life. How about you? Have you taken that step? Or are you somebody who just has the appearance of Christianity? Because if you have the appearance of Christianity, you might be doing more harm than good. You have the appearance of Christianity, but yet you act like the world. Okay? And so here's what I would say. It's time to settle this within your life. This is not a game. It's about the heart. And we all get one shot at this. And when this life is over, we step into eternity forever. The decision that we make for Christ on this side of eternity makes all the difference in the world. And you can choose who you're going to marry, where you're going to live, what college you're going to go to, what job you're going to you got a lot of decisions to make, but there's only one decision that affects your eternity. Amen. And that is, will you surrender your life to Jesus? Will you accept him as Lord and Savior of your life? You say, well, how do I know that I'm a Christian? Well, your life has changed. Let me tell you something. You you hear me talk about what a jerk I was before I got saved. You would not recognize me, not just because I was slim and trim and ripped up (laughs) and had lots of hair, but because I had the filthiest mouth you could imagine. I was perverted. I was on the verge of becoming an alcoholic. My life was a mess. And when I surrendered my life to Jesus, boom, did not mean that I was perfect, but guess what? The things that I participated in the day before suddenly stopped. And I said, that's no longer a part of my life. This is the new me. And I began to follow after Jesus. How do you know that you're a believer? Your life is changed. Doesn't mean everything is perfect, but you work through those things to become better in Christ and become more like Christ each and every day. Okay? So let's settle this. Close your eyes for a moment. There's some of you in here right now, your heart is so stirred right now, you're like, you know what? I need to get right with Jesus. I need to surrender my life to him. I need to ask for his forgiveness right now because I'm guilty. I'm a sinner. I've never done this before, Pastor but it's time for me to surrender my life to Jesus. Or I need to renew my commitment. I, I walk with Jesus. I knew him, but man, my heart has gotten so far away from him and I've got caught up in the things of the world. Today's the day for me to get my life right. And I'm going to pray with you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. But I want to pray with you, help you to take these steps towards Christ. And if you would say, you're speaking directly to me, today is my day 
to give my heart to Christ for the first time or to renew my commitment to him with every eye closed, every head bowed. If you say, you're talking to me, raise your hand right now. Let me see it. Is there anybody here? I see you here, here, here. I see you right over here. That is awesome. I see you right here, back over here. Man, God is good. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead you in this prayer. We're all going to pray this prayer together. I'm giving you practice for if you have that opportunity to lead somebody to Christ. And for those of you who raised your hand, this is your prayer. You just talk to the Lord right where you are. And just pour your heart out to him. Now, everybody in this room, pray this prayer where you can hear it with your own ears. I want you to say, Jesus, thank you for your love. You went to the cross for me because you love me so much. You paid the price for my guilt. And today, by faith, I receive what you did. Jesus, I'm a sinner. And today I ask for your forgiveness. I repent for the things in my life. And I ask you to change me through your precious blood. Make me brand new. Today I surrender to you. I give you my life. Jesus, come and live in my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Take control of my life and change me. And I thank you so much for your love and for letting me step into your family. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, here's what I want to ask you to do. Don't anybody leave, okay? Because there's still more to come. But some of you in this room right now, you just prayed that prayer. You might not have even raised your hand. But God just changed you. He wrote your name in a book in heaven called the Lamb's Book of Life. You're part of the family of God. You don't know, what, what do I do now? Well, once this service is over, our prayer team is here at the front. They're here for you to pray with you, to answer questions, to talk with you about your next steps in your walk with Jesus. I want you to take a few moments of your time, come and meet with them, take a connect card, fill it out, check off where it says, I gave my heart to Jesus. Now, we're talking about the greatest treasure of all. Am I, I going to hold, Mm-mm, you ain't getting none of this, or I'm going to freely give, greatest treasure of all. I'm going to say this to you, don't have the Genevieve syndrome. You might be like, what? What? March, I think it was March of 1964, Kitty Genovese, 28 years old. She was a bar manager in New York City. She got off work at 2 o'clock in the morning, walked to her vehicle, and on her way home, a gentleman noticed her and followed her. She got to her apartment, was parked away approximately about 100 feet, And as she's walking to her apartment, he approached her with a knife. He stabs her twice. She screams out loud. It's documented. My God, help me. He stabbed me. Neighbors begin to rouse, wake up, opening their windows, looking out. Somebody hollers, leave that girl alone. But nobody intervened. They closed their windows went back to sleep. She went over and laid down on a little stoop. The guy ran away when somebody hollered, but because nobody intervened, he came back. Finished the job. I believe, I read the report, it was a full 30 minutes passed before somebody finally called the police. 
When the call was placed, the police came in two minutes. That's a miracle. Well, by today's standards. Two minutes. And they were astounded whenever they began to interview people. People came out and began to talk. That 38 people, this is documented, 38 people heard and saw the guy and witnessed this attack. But nobody did anything. It's still talked about in psychology classes today. They actually dubbed it the Genovese Syndrome. It's called the bystander effect. Somebody else will do something. And nobody stepped in and this woman lost her life. You say, well, what does that have to do with us about sharing the greatest treasure of all, Jesus? What if we let people step from this life into eternity and face an eternity in hell because our mindset is, well, somebody else will do something. I'm going to step back. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to let somebody else handle it. And your friend, your neighbor, your coworker, your family spends an eternity separated from God. We're all in this together. And this isn't a game, and we got to build the kingdom of God. Amen? And we've got to be intentional about building the kingdom of God. And so today, I'm going to invite the ushers. Y'all, y'all come, guys. Begin to pass these buckets up and down. Well, we're taking an offering. What? No, no, no. We're not. i got something for y'all, okay? They're going to pass buckets up and down the row. And there's a little pack of Skittles for everybody here today. Because <laughs> they're awesome. And I didn't want y'all to go home without a Skittle, Okay? There's a Skittle right there on the floor. Jonathan, you see that? No, yeah. You can eat that. Yeah, five-second rule. <laughs> Floors are clean here. We vacuum, okay? Now, here's what's going on. Stacy, hand me one of those. Here's what's going on. There's a pack of Skittles for you to take. You can share some of if you want to. But attached to that, there's one of our cards, invite card for Easter journey. I love our Easter services. I love every, I mean, every Sunday morning I wake up fired up for Sunday services because I love hanging out with y'all and talking to y'all about what the Bible says. But Easter is kind of a cool thing. And we're offering these services. And here's what I want you to do. Take that card and I want you to go find one person. Do not, listen to me closely, do not go to somebody who goes to another church and invite them to come to church here with you. Statistically, 65% of churches in America are declining or they are in plateau. By and large, most church growth is transfer church uh, growth. People leave in one church, go to another. There's a world full of people for us to reach, okay? So my point is this. Don't go to somebody else and say, you know what, my church is better than your church. Come to my church. We don't play those games here at Journey, Okay. Uh, here's what I want you to do. Go find somebody who's de-churched, unchurched, or, or whatever, and invite them to come and see. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that, and I want you to think of that person right now. Could be your, your, your aunt. Could be your best friend, Ray Ray. I don't know. Could, could be your, your co-worker, Bubba Booger, whatever his name is. Seriously, think of that person right now. Who is it in your mind? I'm thinking of my friend right now. I invited this individual to come the, the other day. And I promised this individual that I was going to bring this card to them and invite them to come with their family. Think of them right now. Who is that person? And then let's pray for them. Father, you are good. We love you and thank you for your presence here with us today. And Jesus, thank you for the mandate, the mission that you have us on of building your kingdom.
open the doors for us to be able to invite people to share our story to lovingly get in someone's face and tell them of what you did for them at the cross thank you for the opportunities to give our life away lord god and father as we step out of here in a few moments and go to be the church to this world i thank you that the individual that we will use this card to invite now right now right where you are say their name under your breath Father, I thank you for opening that person's heart and giving us favor with them as we talk with them. May their heart, their life, their family, every part of who they are be transformed by what Jesus, you did at the cross for them. May they come to know you as their Lord and Savior. And I thank you for favors. We invite them to come be a part of what you're doing. Today, we love you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. What's everybody say together? Amen. God's good. Amen. Take this, eat your Skittles, invite somebody to come, and don't ever forget this. We don't just go to church. Love you guys. Be blessed. I'll see you back here this next week.